0: M-S-W-Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 26, 2021. We have a very special Thanksgiving day after Thanksgiving show for you today, including an interview with Jose Munoz and an interview with Dana Almond. I hope you enjoy both of them, and I hope you are having a wonderful holiday weekend. Everybody, welcome back. Today, I am honored to be joined by the Deputy Communications Director of United We Dream, also known as UWD. Please welcome Jose Munoz. Jose, hello. Hi,
1: thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you because I really, really, I'm, I'm so impressed by what your organization United We Dream is doing. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it. I have here that United We Dream is the leading national network fighting for dignity and justice led by immigrant youth and allies, which is so important that we have youth and immigrant allies in leadership positions in that organization. Can you talk to me a little bit about the organization, what you do there and, and kind of what prompted the necessity of United We Dream?
1: Yeah, I would love to. I serve as the Deputy Communications Director at United We Dream, which really just means that I get the opportunity to help to tell the story of United We Dream and our members. Um, we are a network of, uh, you know, nearly a million young people, um, immigrant people, undocumented young people, um, allies all across the country um, who are, you know, either directly impacted or really deeply care about the issue of immigration. You know, I like to say that United We Dream like to take young people out of a place of isolation sometimes, particularly for undocumented young people um, who grow up uh, hearing so many stigmatized things about their status um, and bringing them into community to be able to take collective action uh, to advance the rights of immigrants in this country, to be able to ensure that we live in a country where everyone has the opportunity to live free and thrive.
0: Yeah. And that's sort of the big fear, right? Is that at least under the former administration and with, you know, the expiration of DACA, that so many young immigrants would be deported to countries where they know no one and, and and possibly don't even speak the language because they came here when they were so young.
1: Yeah. So United We Dream has really been on the front lines. Um, we were founded in, in 2008. And so we've really been on the front lines of pushing for policies like DACA. Uh, we were one of the organizations uh, before 2012 that was pushing the Obama administration at that time to stop deporting people and to take executive action, which is what eventually became DACA. Over the last couple of years, you know, we have seen the the prior administration continue to attack the DACA program. Just last year, we were able to to win a resounding victory at the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. which kept DACA in place. You know, thinking about how that could have impacted hundreds of thousands of people during the midst of a, of a deadly pandemic losing their jobs or their protections from deportation. But unfortunately we have seen that DACA programs like DACA continue to be in threat. you know just earlier this year a court in Texas because of a separate lawsuit against DACA separate from the one that was at the Supreme Court last year you know is trying to sue the government to end DACA And so I want to be clear about what that means. They want to sue the government, to deport immigrant young people, to keep immigrant young people who have been uh, working with with work permits, many of them, you know, since the program first rolled out in 2012, uh, to take them, you know, to to take their ability to be able to to work and provide for their families. Uh, and so, for us, this fight is really about making sure that every single person, regardless of their immigration status, is able to thrive. And so, that has been a lot of the crux of our work this year has really been to push to make something permanent for for folks so that we're no longer having to sort of live in this limbo of a court system, uh, sort of at the whims of, of politicians or elected leaders like those in Texas that want to see protections for immigrants go away.
0: Yeah. And it's not just young people in DACA. I mean, we have millions of undocumented immigrants in the United States who need a pathway to citizenship. Most of the time, when you hear people on the right or people in general complain about immigrants, they talk about them being here Illegally, it's about the, the illegality of it. But if there was just a simple, my, my question to them is then always, well, what if they were all legal and we had a pathway to legal citizenship that didn't take decades because it can take so long? Talk about how that pathway to citizenship is just so long overdue and what steps UWD is taking to, to push this administration toward that.
1: You know, so all year long, young people from United We Dream have been telling their stories, have been taking action, putting their bodies on the line, pushing the Biden administration to make sure that they stick to their promise of delivering an inclusive and expansive pathway to citizenship for millions of people. That is something that um, the president campaigned on. That is something that, you know, Democrats broadly as well campaigned on. And so, all year long, we have have really been pushing to make sure that this year we see some permanent relief for undocumented people. You know, I I think when I when I think about how do I put this in perspective? How do we put into perspective how long it has been? You know, I came to the U.S. when I was just a couple months old, um, and I have lived here for thirty years, and I have been undocumented that entire time. I'm a part of a mixed status family, which means there are some members of my family who are U.S. citizens, some who are permanent residents. And yet I've been unable to adjust my status. And so the reality is that for many undocumented people, for many, for millions of undocumented people, um, many of us have been here for decades. And like you mentioned, without a, a pathway to citizenship. And so, you know, we have seen decades of inaction, unfortunately, in Congress. We have seen, you know, promises, it seems like every election cycle, uh, that something will be done to to help immigrants. And and look, the reality is that a lot has been done to hurt immigrants. We saw that during the last administration, uh, more and more money has gone to deportation agents and those that choose to harm immigrants. And and so this is the moment in this time where you know we gave this administration a mandate uh, in November uh, to really enact to take us in a different direction. And so this is the moment to to really do so. And so that is a lot of the work that we have been leading and and pushing and and are continuing um, to push to make sure that we see relief for millions of undocumented people.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I wanna ask you about what it would mean to undocumented people to have permanent status and have that pathway to citizenship. I do need to take a quick break though. Will you stay with me? Of course. Thanks, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. We're all trying to eat better. It's especially hard during the holidays, so if you want a healthy, delicious snack and a cereal, Magic Spoon is what you need. Magic Spoon cereal has the amazing flavors you love from childhood, but without all the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own custom bundle with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, and more. Also, Magic Spoon just recently brought back two super popular flavors, cookies and cream and maple waffle. So to be sure to get those, try them for the first time. If you haven't, they're delicious. I love that Magic Spoon is healthy yet amazing. It's perfect for a guiltless midnight snack too. So go to magicspoon.com slash to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code daily beans, all one word at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund all your money. No questions asked. So there's no risk. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at MagicSpoon.com/dailybeans and use the code DailyBeans to save five dollars off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the show. Today's show is also brought to you by Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Everybody, it's AG for the beans, and uh, Manscaped just launched some new products that your man will actually use, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner for easiness. Now, I I don't know about you, but I'm tired of finding Santa's beard a dude's pants uh, it's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin hair and balls this holiday season yes i said balls go to manscaped.com use code DailyBeans for 20 percent off and free shipping some guys don't realize they need to manscape but um you know you do manscaped is a perfect gift for the hairy fella in your life the performance package which is new includes the signature lawnmower 4.0 it's an electric trimmer it's waterproof and has proprietary advanced skin safe technology And it includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. You can tone your balls. Their hygiene bundle also comes with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that will keep you fresh all day. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get your man, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You get 20% off and free shipping with code DAILYBEANS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code DailyBeans. Get your man a gift. You'll both enjoy the gift of Manscaped. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking with the Deputy Communications Director of United We Dream, Jose Munoz. And Jose, before the break, I had brought up what a pathway to citizenship could mean for undocumented people. I'd like you to address that and what it would mean for people and families, but also What it would mean for for the economy, you know, for people who who want to look at it from a a numbers point of view strictly, uh, you know, because people generally on the right are worried about costs and money, you know, more so than the humanitarian nature of it. But I I would I want to talk about the humanitarian nature of it. And then if you could address the positive impact on the economy, it would have,
1: you know, a pathway to citizenship for undocumented people would really just mean safety and security in their home. You know, it, it would mean the ability to be able to go to work or go to school, uh, go to the grocery store without fearing that you might not come home because you might get pulled over. And an interaction for a traffic stop could lead to you being detained, could lead to you being deported. You know, for undocumented people, a pathway to citizenship could mean for them access to health care, child care, you know, and, and to, to speak I think even a little bit to your second question, undocumented people have largely been the folks over the last year and a half who have been helping to make sure that we are kept safe and fed and healthy throughout the pandemic. You know, for um, those of us that have uh, lost someone during the pandemic, for we have been separated from a loved one during the pandemic, for undocumented people, for. For many of us, that is unfortunately the realities of life. You know, separated from loved ones because we're unable to travel, and look, just to to go back to um, the piece about even specifically during the pandemic, you know, undocumented people were working as frontline workers. Um, they are working in grocery stores as farm workers, agricultural workers. They were working um, as nurses and doctors. You know doing all of the essential work um, in, in so many different industries. And so for this moment, it, there really needs to be, a, a, I think, a reckoning here about the way that we treat immigrants. And I think over the last year, what we have seen is we have seen immigrants step up. And so we are here um, calling on Congress, demanding that they step, step up for us because they largely have messaged very well th- this idea that immigrants are are essential the quote unquote you know un- unsung heroes of the pandemic and so in this moment it's time to step up for those that you say are heroes and and provide some permanent relief
0: yeah agreed and and you know for decades now for decades now undocumented workers have been have feared stepping forward to report workplace abuses and workplace violence and workplace assault. And even separately from the workplace, just not being, not feeling safe to cooperate with law enforcement to help law enforcement solve crimes. And, you know, I think it's just, I mean, it's clear that it's just better for everyone. And, you know, I mean, recently, uh, I think the Biden administration put out an executive order saying that uh, ICE would no longer do workplace raids. And now that there's going to be there's going to be things in place to allow for undocumented workers to report workplace abuses. But that fear and that chilling effect of having deportation looming over your head is still there until we fix it. Right.
1: That's exactly right. You know, I think that the what you were mentioning about workplace raids points to the reality that the administration, um, you know, the Department of Homeland Security has the ability to make a lot of decisions without Congress to make it. To give a little bit more peace of mind to undocumented folks, and so certainly um, stopping work, workplace raids is part of that. I would also say that moving beyond that as well, um, ending you know Title Forty Two, which has. Led to the de- the deportation and expulsion of of a majority black migrants, um, particularly Haitians. And so, what we see is that there's there's a lot that the administration is able to do uh, to really lift that threat of detention and deportation, while continuing to push Congress for permanent relief to address so many of the issues regarding those people who uh, you know have live li- are currently living in the U.S. undocumented.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Congress and providing permanent relief, let's talk about what is or what potentially could be in the Build Back Better plan, the human infrastructure bill that was just passed by the House, but has to go back to the Senate now. What is in there and what are we pushing to keep in there or perhaps add to that bill to get past the Senate that offers more permanent protection? Look,
1: the House version of the Build Back Better package that passed, you know, this month, provides really crucial funding um, to address what I would say are some of the existential threats of our time. You know, funding to combat the climate crisis universal pre-K. Um, the House version has four weeks of paid leave. Um, that's not currently in the Senate version. So when we think about things that we want to keep in there, that would be one thing. Uh, we also are seeing work permits and protections from deportation for undocumented people. And look, for to that piece, I think it's important to recognize what that could mean. But for us at United We Dream and United We Dream Action, we are pushing the Senate to go further to be bold, to be transformative, and to really deliver what was promised, which is a pathway to citizenship. So, you know, right now in the House version, we're seeing these work permits and and protection from deportation, which unfortunately, because of the way that the budgetary restraints are worked in with these particular pieces of, of immigration legislation in those bills, they have a cap of 10 years. And so, you know, while it would be monumental for folks to be able to to see the threat of deportation lifted and have a work permit. I think that we need to do more. We need to you know Democrats need to do what they promised when they campaigned last year, which was to provide a pathway to citizenship. And we believe that they can do that. And so we're pushing the Senate to make sure that the version of this bill that lands on the president's desk includes a pathway to citizenship. And so that is what we will continue to push to make sure that, that immigrants see that permanent relief that is so needed.
0: Yeah. And since budget reconciliation has to be tied to the budget, it'll be interesting to see what the Senate parliamentarian has to say about any additional provisions that may be added to, to help give that pathway to citizenship. To me, it's, it's obvious, the economic benefit. But I, I can't, you know, I can't speak for the Senate parliamentarian in this case. So I think it's a matter of getting on the phone, calling our reps, supporting organizations like yours and just pushing as hard as we can to get it done.
1: Yeah, and look, one of the things that we have been saying and and um, legal scholars have supported this is the reality that the power here lands on Senate leadership. And so the reality is that the parliamentarian is there to provide advice and guidance. And I like to think of it in in a a simple way, because I think for many of us that have been following this process um, or maybe even newer to it, when we think about like, what is a parliamentarian? I never voted for that person. That's exactly right. You never voted for that person. They're an unelected advisor to the Senate. And so to put it in in some simple terms, I would even say is, you know, imagine you go to a new restaurant and the server makes a recommendation and you're just really not feeling that dish. And so you go with what you know is right. And so what we're asking for Senate Democrats to do is to do what they know is right, to deliver on what they promised uh, and to simply disregard the, the recommendations if they don't meet the needs of this moment. And the needs of this moment are to provide permanent relief for millions of undocumented people.
0: Yes. And they can disregard the Senate parliamentarian. the Republicans do it all the time <laughs> so for 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 not good things. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Can you tell everybody where they can follow and support your organization and, and find you on social media so that they can continue to help push uh, where it's needed? Because I know that you you all the United We Dream uh, is very strategic at how you go about you know, pushing for for what's right, and I th- I think people need to to see that and understand that. How can they find you
1: on Twitter and Instagram? You can find us at United We Dream, all one word. You can also text Pathway to eight seven seven eight seven seven. Particularly if you want to push your senators to make sure that the final version of the Build Back Better uh, includes a permanent solution for undocumented people.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Deputy Communications Director of United We Dream, Jose Munoz. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And today's show is brought to you by AG. Not me, but Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes daily nutrition simple. Stress, poor sleep, hectic schedules make it difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and provide bodies with nutrients they need to flourish. But AG1 by Athletic Greens is the category leading superfood product that brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. One tasty scoop. Of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, a probiotic, green superfood blend, and more, all in one convenient daily serving. A special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1. They work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet and support energy and focus. And they aid with gut health and digestion. And they support a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products and pills with one healthy, delicious drink. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, And it contains less than one gram of sugar. It has no GMOs and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it keeps it tasting great too. My favorite thing about it is the research changes and so does AG1. Most nutritional stuff that comes on the market, it never evolves. But Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve AG1 based on the latest science and research. They've produced 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. I highly recommend you give it a try. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. And today's show is also brought to you by Calibrate. I have tried some stupid weight loss fads in the past and none of them work. Uh, one time I tried uh, an all-wine diet, it didn't work. Uh, but anyway, we have to try Calibrate. You, it's, it's truly amazing. It's not a diet, it's not a quick fix. It's a year-long commitment. It gives you the tools to fight your biology Traditional diets don't work because you can't fight your biology with willpower, right? Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate is a fully integrated program combining classes and one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and a community of supportive members like you. Plus, medical care, including a video doctor visit, is included. Uh, Calibrate works by uh, combining doctor-prescribed FDA-approved medicines paired with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. Before Calibrate, the pairing was only available in clinical and academic settings. You can easily fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Your goals are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches, and you can check in with the app as often or as little as you'd like. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower, so get back in control with Calibrate. You get $50 off one year, um, the one-year metabolic reset, when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code DAILYBEANS at joincalibrate.com everybody welcome back i am honored today to be joined by army veteran and she's running for arizona state rep in district 11 and uh, she is one of the the people if you remember we did a story about five veterans in october just just last month who resigned from cinema's veterans advisory council she's one of those so please welcome dana allman hi dana how are you
2: hi allison i'm doing well.
0: I'm really excited to talk to you. As you know, Arizona is one of my home states. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, with the politics that, that are happening in that state right now, the 2020 election and how well that went. We've spoken to Adrian Fontes on several occasions. And what I wanted to start with today is, is I opened up talking about you being one of the five veterans that resigned from Cinema's Council, Veteran Advisory Council. What was that council and what prompted you to resign?
2: So the council is designed to help the senator look at specifically looking at legislation that she would could sponsor or co-sponsor. And, you know, what did we think about specific legislative bills? And we'd give our input. One of the pieces that I, I mean, it was a pleasure. I never thought that anybody would ever ask me to look at legislation that could become a bill. So that was humbling for me. And I sought it out aggressively to to get on our council so I could be a part of that because I love legislation. Um, The biggest disappointment, and it started at the beginning, is that, you know, I'm used to I've been in the military for over 23 years. I got over 23 years of active duty service. And I'm used to when you're in charge and I'm a retired lieutenant colonel, that is your council. Then you are there. That's your unit. You are there. Well, she wasn't there from the beginning. And the only time she was ever there was one time. And it t- to us, to me, it felt like a photo op because she didn't ask us, how do you feel about, or what's going on? What do you think veterans, you know, what else is going on in the veteran community? It was here, let's take this picture and we said our name and that was about it. I think the most words that she ever said to me was that the, <laughs> the voicemail message that she'd left on my phone at 6:50 in the morning on the 21st of October. Those were the most words I ever heard from her. And one of the, you know, there there's all these military members on the council that have awesome skill sets. And I felt like they were squandered, didn't understand why someone would have a council and you don't use the talents of the people that are on your council. So I was frustrated with that because I had my own, I had two Senate bills That I had written on behalf of the the veterans employees, the VA employees, and uh, military members that transitioned from military to to civilian life. And so I got with her staff trying to get that pushed. And I thought, you know, just like I did in the military, if my people have awesome ideas, then I'm pushing those forward and figuring out how we're going to get that done. Well, that wasn't happening. And I don't know what other people were trying to do on the council, but my opinion is probably didn't go, go anywhere. But the last straw for me was when I saw um, there was a woman on a plane trying to speak, you know, quite calmly and succinctly about this is how this is going for my family. You know, we voted you in the office. Can you just acknowledge that I'm here? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm watching the senator looking straight and I don't know what she was faking looking at. I don't know if it was a laptop or whatever the wall. I have no idea. But I'm seeing earbuds in her ears and she just couldn't even stop to turn and go. Hi, how are you? Maybe we should wait till we get off the plane. Maybe we can set up an appointment. None of that. It was just I'm going to look straight and blow you off. And to me, that is not real leadership. Now,
0: so her absenteeism extends beyond what we've just seen in, in public reporting then, because if she's not even there for the counsel that she appointed, that seems just like like you said, a photo op or just going through the motions. And then, yeah, that last straw that you're talking about on the airplane. It's just yeah, like, where is she? You know, and, and and for me, the thing that really like sank in is when she posted a photo of herself on Instagram, taking a sip of a margarita and she had a, a ring that said, fuck off on it. Yeah, And I was like, really, that's that's the message that you're that you're sending to your constituents, the people that you were elected to represent. And it's it's very disheartening because I know a lot of people fought hard to get her that seat. And what she's doing with it is is no bueno. But, you know, talking about Arizona politics. Tell me a little bit about the 11th district, the, the demographics, where it's located. And also, I want to ask you about the importance of the balance of power in the state legislature of Arizona and, and, and the impact that that has on voting and voting rights.
2: Yeah. So the 11th district is um, it starts from the city of Maricopa and it comes all the way down. I-10. And then it comes down to Marana and, and Oral Valley. And it's broken down. If you're looking at the voter registration, it's about a a third, a third, a third Democrat, Republican, and independent. And the makeup is that there has never been anything but a Republican has ever won there. And it's very unfortunate that the district doesn't seem to be competitive. And with the new lines being drawn, we're concerned, or I'm definitely concerned about what that it will not still be competitive because voters pick the representatives, not the other way around. So that has been a a big deal for me is to get my voice heard and get others heard because, you know, you go down and you get services from folks downtown and I've got a, a hairdresser I go to and I'm like, hey, did you know about redistricting? No. Heck, she didn't even know about the Women's March because she's trying to, you know, she's a business owner trying to make a living and take care of her own family. And I feel like we're not letting everybody know what is going on in their communities to have their voices heard. i trying to understand why we're not ensuring that that happens, because nobody's going to go to the IRC, the Independent Redistricting Commission website, and it just happen to go look that up for fun. So that, that's been a big deal for me, is to change how things are going in my district, and make things better because not all voices are being heard. I've already explained the third, the third, the third, and uh, majority like twenty five percent Hispanic, four percent Black, basically the majority is white. There has to be diversity, competitive, and, and new ideas. And so that redistricting that we've all been hearing
0: about for U.S. congressional reps in Arizona is also occurring for state reps. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and I I, I feel like you're right. I feel like a lot of people aren't really plugged into that and the information is not getting out and and that generally tends to help yeah (laughs) help republicans oh yeah yeah i want to talk a little bit about you know you had mentioned what you want to get done for voters and families and people in your district and i want to talk a little bit about your platform and what you're running on i do have to take a quick break will you stay with me definitely will thank you everybody we'll be right back hey everybody it's ag and if you're looking for a delicious healthy snack this holiday season that's actually satisfying and fills you up, I recommend Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars. They taste amazing. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, non-GMO. They have no soy or trans fats, no sugar alcohols, and no high-intensity sweeteners. And you don't have to be keto to love these. They're just healthy snacks. You know, I'm paleo, but they're keto-friendly, and I've been trying to eat better, and the Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars have helped me so much because they're a great healthy snack that's actually filling and satisfying. Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars come in delicious flavors like coconut cocoa chip, peanut butter, and blueberry almond vanilla. Right now, I'm all about the coconut cocoa chip. The chewy texture is amazing. They're delicious. They have no high-intensity sweeteners, no weird textures, and no aftertaste. So try it for yourself, and you'll see. And we have a special deal for you. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering our code DAILYBEANS at checkout. MonkPack Pack is so confident in their products, they're backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like them for any reason... They'll either exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So to get started, go to MonkPack.com, M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com, select any product, enter code DAILYBEANS at checkout, and you'll save 20% off your purchase. Monkpack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. And today's show is also brought to you by Scribd. I admit it, I am a browser. I constantly struggle to pick out my next book or TV show or movie or podcast because there's just a, it seems like an infinite amount of content out there. And I feel like I spend as much time looking for my next book as I do actually reading it. But with Scribd, I get thoughtfully curated picks and smart recommendations based on what I've read, which makes choosing my next book quicker and easier than ever. With Scribd, you get instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, court documents, magazines, dissertations, and more with one low monthly subscription. It's the ultimate reading subscription service, letting you explore all of your interests in any format you choose for only $9.99 a month. That's less than the cost of a single book. I love using their service. I get to discover must read new work from celebrated authors like Roxane Gay, Charles Yu, and more, premiering exclusively on Scribd. And when I want to change things up, I'm free to switch between titles, genres, and formats at any time on my phone, tablet, or computer, wherever I'm reading. And right now we're offering you, listeners of this program, a free 60-day trial. Go to try.scribd.com ag for your free trial. That's try.scribd, ag to get 60 days of Scribd for free. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking with Dana Allman, who's running for Arizona state rep in District 11. Before the break, you had alluded to things that uh, are important to the constituents of Arizona and District 11 specifically, because you've got some very unique demographics down there. Redistricting, be damned, right? (laughs) It's always going to be that way. But, uh, you know, they're trying to keep it non-competitive. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that matter to the voters in District 11.
2: So one of the big things is K through 12 education. I was quite disturbed when I'm voting for Prop 208. I'm just sure we've got proper funding for our schools, for our teachers. My kids go to school in Oro Valley and I have watched through this pandemic where my kids teachers are just thrust out beyond belief. And it would be nice if they actually had financial support to do what they do every day with, you know. They take money out of their own pockets to take care of my kids. They do all these things for these children and their families. I mean, they're like second parents in some cases. So that really bothered me. And I think it's quite unfair. And I'll do everything I can to ensure we turn that back around and make sure our teachers, our schools are funded properly. And you also have a great deal of, of veterans.
0: You'd mentioned that you had worked on two bills, you know, when you were on the commission for Senator Cinema. Uh, one for uh, VA employees. And uh, I, I can't remember the other one. Um, uh, oh, the transition from active duty uh, to civilian life. Two very important things that, you know, the transition bill, you know, from, from active duty to civilian life has a major impact on suicide rates for veterans. And then, of course, you know, VA employees. We talk a little bit about the veterans in your district, what you want to do for the VA. I'm personally only familiar with Phoenix VA and some of the problems that they had as particularly in 2014, that led to the, to the choice act and stuff like that. Talk, cause I know you have a lot of veterans in your district. Talk about what you want to do for veterans. Yeah.
2: So veterans and like being on Senator Sinema's council, I don't think she understands the full range of what veterans actually care about, you know, voting rights, human and civil rights. Those things are key. And, um, you know, with, Those bills that I was working on, I'm what I'm worried about is that, you know, there's a lot of focus and and it needs to be so and continue that we're making sure we have programs and getting those services and finding those veterans that are not understanding that they have VA benefits. And I think at this point, I'm actually part of the search party to find those veterans because I'm the co-chair of the Southern Arizona Veterans Mental Health Advisory Council. So I, I look at the, the roster of folks that are on the council and I'm like, there's some communities missing on here. LGBTQ plus there's so many different communities that are doggone missing and uh, we need to get after that. And um, and then I'm worried about the, the employees and their compassion fatigue, burnout and trauma. Because again, being in the military for so long and being out front and leading from the front, I'm always worried about my my people. So when I look at the VA employees, I feel like, you know, all of their things that they're stressed out and worried about is what I was always worried about when I walk into a facility. So all of their stuff, I you know, I have counseled, I, I did HR my whole career, but I am a counselor as well, and um, all of their stuff that they're dealing with. Hits me in the face literally, and so I just want to make sure that we're ensuring because what I'm seeing is that there's no inspection program. There's nobody that actually comes down, not just from the you know IG, the BAIg comes down every three to four years. There's nobody to me that comes down from the region, so that is the next level up. Well, there's nobody come to help them. So I watch a congressional hearing. And the the VAIG and the comptroller, the GAO are like, VA is tore up from the wherever, and here's a laundry list. And if you guys would just listen to us, it would be wonderful. And I'm like, well, is somebody going to come help them. So my bill is to figure out how to get that done and bring teams to help them. The other bill, military to, to civilian life, there are too many gaps. I mean, from my own experiences and talking to other veterans, when you talk about suicide prevention, preventing homelessness. Um, Do they do veterans have health care when they leave? Why are we letting veterans leave the military without proper care? They had it in the military and then we go by, have a nice life and we don't help them. I think that is the gross uh, misstep by the Department of Defense and the VA. And I have a plan for that in my in my two
0: bills. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't know for 10 years that I had any kind of health benefit after I left the military. And let alone any of the other benefits that um, that uh, veterans are afforded. Uh, finally, let's talk about your opponent Republican. As you said, it's been a, a long red district, long time red district. But this particular Republican, Mark Fincham, I think I'm saying that right. Yes, that's correct. Uh, he promoted the big lie and, uh, you know, conspiracy theories that, that led to the insurrection. He was at the Stop the Steal rally in D.C. Yeah. on that day. And now he's actually accused of violating campaign finance law by having his supporters donate directly to his personal Venmo and PayPal accounts. And that's kind of actually totally illegal. So (laughs) can we talk a little bit about, I mean, I, I would say we could attack him on the platform, but in general, I found Republicans don't really have any ideas. They're just there to sort of block and obstruct, you know, productive things, productive things from happening. But. How, I mean, besides the obvious, what are some of the major differences that that he's
2: not delivering for District Eleven that you will? So again, back to life, limb, health, and welfare. If you're part of Stop the Steal, you, you're really not for that. You're not protecting and, and being a public servant. You're into conspiracy theories, and you know, extreme. You know, I've had this discussion with others about what is extremism. They'll say the left is extreme, the right is extreme. To me, clearly, extremism is. I'm trying to talk to you about an issue. You don't agree with me. And then you talk about, I'm going to pull out weapons and flag vests and zip ties. And, and I'm going to come to your house and, and, you know, violate you or, you know, harass you, threaten you. That is extremism. And that is what he's about. He doesn't care about voting rights, obviously. Well, what he cares about is the fraud it. But, uh, you know, veterans care about voting rights. And my organization, Common Defense, is totally supportive of that. We actually, uh, last month, Went to the US Capitol. We were right there from the steps of the Capitol. And we had a press conference. And for me, it was back to you know why I left Cinema's Veterans Advisory Council. And I'm looking over the very steps of where I first heard her speak. And I was like, I can't believe this. This is like almost full circle. I believed in her then. And we're, you know, this is where we're at now. But as far as Fenchum goes, I'm grateful that he is, you know, terming out. I'm not real pleased that she's running for secretary of state and we've got candidates that will, will stop that. But, yeah, it, it is for me what I'm going to bring to LD11 is a restored uh, view of what public service actually looks like. I, unlike cinema, I will look you in the eyes. I will tell you um, that I I will show that I care about you. I will listen to you. I will sit down with you. I don't ignore you. And again, this is the way I have functioned and and taken care of military members, tens of thousands of military members in the Army, Air Force, uh, Marines, Coast Guard. I've taken care of Department of Defense, civilians, and many military candidates. I was a tactical officer at West Point. So I was responsible for ensuring that we had the best and the brightest that would become um, leaders of character in our army. So I, I'm going to bring all those things that I learned in the military, my oath included, because it didn't expire. It seems like, you know, Fincham, he, he took some sort of oath. I know it's similar to what I did, but he's, you know, he probably never believed in whatever it is when he rose his hand. That's the way I see it.
0: So Fincham's actually terming out running for secretary of state against, I believe, our friend Adrian Fontes.
2: Yeah. And then um, Reginald Bowling. Yes, 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 yes.
0: So have Has there been a, an established uh, Republican opponent that has risen uh, in, in your district that you think that you might be up against? Or is it still sort of everyone's still, clamoring?
2: Yeah, everybody's got, you know, they got a primary. So there's three candidates and they'll have to duke it out. And for me, because I'm running as an independent, I just I'm going to be me. I mean, I can only be me. And so, you know, you you un, you hear about and read about. Well, in the primary, you have to appeal to your base, and then you're supposed to do this pivot and, and move to the center or whatever that's supposed to look like. I'm just me. I'm Dana Allman. So, you know, what letter do you have behind your name? Well, I'm, you know, Dana Allman, mother, veteran, retired lieutenant colonel, veteran advocate. That's me, public servant, not what letters happen to be sitting behind my name.
0: Awesome. And, and speaking of of supporting you, where can people find you and support your
2: campaign uh, on social media or on the internet? Right. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My campaign website is almondforaz.com. But yeah, you can find me at A- at almondforaz.
0: Okay. And that's almond with two L's, right? Almond.
2: Two L's, definitely two L's. All right. Look for
0: that. I appreciate your time today. And I'd like to check back in with you uh, as, as the primary. Uh, gets closer and then and then beyond we we hope to support you in this race
2: appreciate it allison totally all right thank, thank you. you
0: very much dana allman everybody thanks for tuning in today i hope you had a great holiday please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag and them's the beans the daily beans is written and executive produced by allison gill with additional research and reporting by dana goldberg and amy carrero sound design and editing is by desiree mcfarland with art and web design by Joel reader with moxie design studios Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.